Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the Three Muslims podcast. We're joined today with a very special guest, mashaAllah, Sheikh Uthman ibn Farooq. And for those of you who don't know, he's a very special guest. Why? But because he actually has a PhD in David Wood refutations. MashaAllah. <laughs> MashaAllah. He uh, recently engaged in an intellectual street fight. MashaAllah. It was actually like what three on one, four on one, a thousand to one. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't tell at that point. Subhanallah, but mashallah, uh, he brought the the quality over the quantity. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, how you doing? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Salatu salam ala khatim al anbiya shirif al mursaleen. Alhamdulillah, I'm good, man. Mashallah, it's it's good to see you guys. Good to be on here. I like I like the realist. Mashallah, <laughs> podcast. I like real, man. So it's cool. Habibi, Jazakallah khair, which is exactly why we want to have you on today, Mashallah. I'm actually so, enrolled in a PhD program, and I was wondering how did these guys know? I haven't even told anybody, man. <laughs> Mashallah, Mashallah. Mom, you got oh. some secret service guys watching me, or what? <laughs> Subhanallah, man. After that, uh, that uh, massacre on David Wood and, and them, I think you you might have some people watching you. So may Allah protect you, bro. You know, they could watch me all day long, man. People always say, like, people got your phone tapped or whatever. I mean, they can tap my phone all day long. What are they going to listen to? He's going to the masjid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> going to work. MashaAllah. <laughs> MashaAllah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's the, uh, what's the PhD for? Um, I actually, so I have two masters right now. I have an executive MBA that's uh, technology management. Then I have one in Hadith. So I actually enrolled in a PhD program in regulatory and uh, quality compliance that's as you can see i'm at the work at the office mm -hmm. i work a regular job i don't take money from the masjid or from omf or anybody else the dawah or anything so i actually applied for a phd program in uh, my business field i also inshallah want to apply for a phd in the islamic field i applied at imam saud before but it got stuck in a 2030 oh. review or something like that so whatever we'll we'll move forward inshallah so inshallah khair may allah grant you what's best for you and grant you success allahumma ameen 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 bismillah subhanallah so you you mentioned um the uh, the dawah network you're a part of um so subhanallah i wanted to ask after watching that that discussion i have a few questions about uh, one the, the dawah foundation and and two about dawah and, and street dawah in general so firstly do you want to you know give this take this opportunity sure. to shout out the foundation so yeah alhamdulillah we have the one message foundation um it's very good sincere brothers mashallah our brother mukarram our brother abu sufyan our brothers uh, abu mansoor our brothers uh, mashallah there's a lot of brothers uh, that are involved may allah reward all of them um, and there was before that, there was uh, Dr. Tarabishi. He started a thing called the Islamic Charity Foundation, ICF. And basically, they're all really good brothers, good aqidah, good manhaj. And they started this, lillahi uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, you know, they, they didn't take a salary. They didn't take any kind of cuts. Just put it out there. And alhamdulillah, they invited me to join with them. And I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the least productive of the team. I, I just show up, you know, so they do all the hard work of, you know, getting all the permits and getting the materials and doing all the stuff. And I just lazily show up late. And, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so may Allah accept it from all of us. Uh, and there are other brothers. I mean, we have the One Message Foundation, mashallah. They're there on Sunday. Uh, there are some other brothers uh, who are not in OMF that come on Saturdays, do the da'wah as well. We have other brothers in different parts. And uh, may Allah reward everybody. I mean, alhamdulillah, we want to give a shout out to everybody who's doing da'wah lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
One Message Foundation, mashallah, as uh, some of you may have noticed, they just hit 100,000 uh, subscribers. Uh, Allah mubarak lana wa lahum, mashallah. So Masha. that's great. And I really want to take this opportunity to thank uh, Hammer Time, uh, Hashimu, and the Crook um, for helping us. You know, I think we grew like maybe 30-something thousand subscribers since that. <laughs> so, uh, just from that mention, one video. Yeah, from that one video, Alhamdulillah, there's two, I think, yeah. So, uh, and also, I mean, uh, more importantly, I think uh, I, we're definitely past 30 known shahadas from that video. Uh, there's a video we just posted, uh, OMF just posted, I think, this morning. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's, uh, we had a ex, a former Christian pastor from Connecticut that came out to San Diego to see us from having watched that video and many and after that many other videos and mashallah i mean it's a really good conversation and you can see that uh, the tafsir of the ayah is being explained in front of our eyes because mm -hmm. they made their plan they made their plot we had i mean people don't realize like we had no idea because we just show up every sunday for years we've been going out there we don't know who's going to come up. Like it could be atheists, it could be Jews, it could be Christians, it could be Hindus. We get all types. We get people that claim to have lived like seven lives. You know, you'll see those weird videos of people that are kind of out there. So these guys made a plot. And, and I mean, from the video, the crook himself says that they were planning this for months. Um, and there's videos of uh, Hashu, what's his, Hasumu, Hashu, whatever his name is, um, him out there talking about from months. I mean, I don't watch their stuff. Like, I'm not subscribed to their channels. I don't watch their videos. So I don't know. But he had been putting these videos out for months saying he's going to go out there and do all kinds of things to us and talk about all this stuff that he talked. Um, just all talk. Um, but he showed up. They, they came on a Saturday and I wasn't there because I usually go Sundays. And they mentioned the brothers told me, hey, these guys came and they're going to come. And I had no idea who they were. <laughs> to the extent that uh, I had seen a picture of David Wood in a, in a women's lingerie dress or whatever, because uh, somebody had sent it to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, but I had never watched a video of him. So if I had seen him at a, at a grocery store, I would not have known it's him because mm. he wouldn't, unless he was wearing the same lingerie, then I might have. <laughs> I think I've seen those anyway. Um, and uh, I had seen some pictures of Hashimu. Somebody had sent me like short clips of him going off or whatever, but I didn't really know him either. I mean, Again, if I'd seen him in a grocery store, I would have, Anthony, I'd never heard of him in my life, never heard his name. Um, yeah. So anyways, these guys showed up and then they expected me to know who they are or something. Mm. <laughs> like, who are you guys? Right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they had prep all their stuff, but uh, we depend on Allah. We have tawakkul on Allah. And uh, Alhamdulillah, may Allah reward the brothers from OMF. I mean, they, you know, they, they've been doing this, not just uh, for debates. I mean, out there for da'wah. So, uh, alhamdulillah. I mean, before we go further, I want to give a quick shout out to my mother. You are her favorite da'i in YouTube. So when she brought you up to me, she was like, hey, you got to get Sheikh uh, Uthman Ibn Farooq on this podcast. I was like, Sheikh Uthman, I've heard a little bit about him. Found the video and a couple minutes in, you're, you're coined or deemed the shooter. So my first question is, why, why, why is that a nickname, bro? Um, oh, man. <laughs> um... I, uh, so, uh, I didn't coin that. Uh, when I was young, I grew up uh, with gangs and stuff, and the Mexican gangs. And as you may know, gangs give you a, a, a name, you know? So mm -hmm. you don't really choose it, they give it to you. So, like, for example, if some guy was, uh, you know, a big guy, maybe you call him also or something, like bear, you know, or if somebody, 
uh, you know, sometimes there were uh, a guy would be called Boxer or Diablo or Travieso or whatever, right? Uh, I was uh, always an avid fan of guns. So <laughs> uh, without getting any more detail into why they called me Shooter, they called me Shooter. Um, so that's, that's how I got. And again, I don't really uh, usually mention that, but in the conversation with Anthony, uh, he kind of brought up his uh, supposed gang world ties. But as you can tell from the video, he was never an actual gang member. Uh, Inglewood Mafia is a black gang. He claimed the essays. And then he wasn't actually a member. And from his personal traits, they gave him the name Crook, which he said. So when I call him the Crook, I'm not making fun of him. I, well, kind of am, but, uh, but I'm actually using the name he put forward. So uh, in my gang world, they called me Shooter. So that's, uh, that's where the name had come from. And he asked. Otherwise, usually I don't mention it. So. And I have a lot of I could give you more details of why, but then that'll probably be problematic. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that to an off-camera thing. But uh, <laughs> just, just so far, man, just watching the work that you're doing, man, tremendous work, man. Barakallah Fiqh. It takes a lot of courage to defend the Ummah and a lot of honor. And a lot of people are kind of a little soft. They're like, you know, I don't want to say much. I want to come across a little over pious. You know, should I say something? So what keeps you on the forefront? to just be fearless and dealing with Islamophobes, people that are just attacking Islam? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, to be very honest with you, I don't really think it through that much. You know, my father, may Allah have mercy on him. Uh, I mean, he used to tell me one thing. He said, you know, it's a Pashto saying. I don't know if uh, I'll just translate it. You know, he goes, don't overthink things or it uh, weakens the resolve. Right. Um, meaning, you know, you, you, you kind of see what's, what you have to do, what's right, you do it in the right way, and then you just do it. Whatever happens, happens, you know. So we, you know, we know that that way is a responsibility upon us as Muslims living in the West, uh, whichever way we may do it. I mean, not everybody's going to be um, in front of the camera or in front of a booth, you know, somebody's going to be like, like, brothers, mashallah, with the podcast, you're, you're doing a great job, service for the ummah. Uh, people that share these videos and like the videos and promote the videos, they're doing their part. People that financially support the da'wah, they're doing their part and so on. So we saw a need that needed to be felt, filled and we just did it. And whatever comes, comes, you know, like let them come. And I mean, we, we have nothing we're ashamed of in this religion. Alhamdulillah, We have nothing we're shy about in this religion. We don't censor any questions. They can ask any question they like. So they prepare for months, like each time that, you know, and David came out twice. Um, and some other ones that come out, they prepare for months. And these guys brought other pastors with him. They had uh, this other dude that was in the video asking some questions there. So it was not just three of them. It was I, I, probably about 20 of them that came out from different areas, different places, and got funding and all that. So they prepare all these questions to try to trick us. But for us, we just depend on Allah. And we, alhamdulillah, our tulab ilm, our students of knowledge, our du'as, we have gurus to teach them knowledge. And then we tawakkul ala Allah. And whatever they ask, let them ask. We, our religion is so beautiful and so perfect that there is nothing they can ask that will that'll put us on like the back footing. You know, Alhamdulillah, we respond to everything and uh, we continue to go out and do it just uh, lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah gives you the nusra. You know, it's not because I'm a good debater. I'm not. It's not because I'm intelligent. I'm not. It's because Allah supported us and, and we continue to depend on Allah to support us. MashaAllah. Beautiful answer, MashaAllah. Uh, so now I have a question about dawah. So street dawah, MashaAllah, is is something that has really blown up, you know, in, in the recent like decade, I'd say. Uh, you know, Speaker's Corner and, and all of these places. 
um, it, it's almost as if people, when they see that style of dawa, they're more in tune because it's back and forth. It's more dramatic. It's like almost like a reality TV show, subhanAllah. Um, and I honestly think, you know, it does have some khair, mashallah. But my question to you, well, obviously it has khair, but um, there's just a discussion, you know, of sure. the pros and cons of it. But my question to you would be, do you recommend people do street dawa? And, and what are the benefits or possi- uh, possibly the cons of giving street dawa? So the, the, the point should always be do da'wah in the capacity that you're able, right? So like, uh, I wouldn't suggest uh, like our sisters go out on their own and sit on a street corner and call people to Islam because, you know, the harm that could come to them. And, you know, we've been attacked. Uh, I mean, you can see there's videos of Reuben Israel when they came with their signs and tried to, you know, they, were, they weren't mad enough to really take it to the next level. But, you know, they tried, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected us. Kuffar came and made a circle around us. You can see the video, it's online. So, I mean, so, so there are dangers to it. So, again, I wouldn't put everybody in that place. Uh, secondly, people that may not know enough to go and do street da'wah shouldn't do street da'wah until you know. Rasulullah said, convey upon my behalf, even if it's a, a verse, a sahih hadith. But you should know that verse, right? So if you're going to go out there and talk, and this is one of the, the, the downsides of street da'wah that I do see is people go out there and say things that are not correct Islamically for them to be able to win the debate. And we don't do that. Alhamdulillah. You know, no matter, I mean, many people does, oh, you shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have said this. Don't say this. You, you know what? I'm going to say what's right. And I don't really, uh, with hikmah, I mean, I'm not going to be like rude about it, but I'm going to say what's right. And then it is what it is. Like they can call whoever they want. They can do whatever they want. We're not, we're not worried about that. Uh, it's not upon us except to convey the message clearly right so now if you don't know enough then don't be out there in the street giving da'wah I mean go and learn your place then is to be a talib ilm to go seek knowledge we have videos on uh, we have another channel called Majid Ribat where we have it's more focused towards Muslims so we have videos uh, about aqidah about fiqh we have a new series on which is going to be on OMF and Majid Ribat which is the seerah the life of Rasulullah sallallahu from authentic ahadith so if you don't know, then go learn, right? And the da'wah videos, may Allah reward all the brothers involved. Uh, again, I'm just there. I mean, a lot of the editing, a lot of the work that brothers do, they've been putting all the verses on the screen. So you know the Bible verses, you know the Quranic verses. So if you don't know, watch those videos and write down those verses and learn. When you know enough and you are in a place where you can convey the message, do it. And then if you get hit with a question that you don't know, very important, all the du'a say, la adri wallahu alam. I don't know, and Allah knows best, and I'll get back to you. But some of the brothers out there, you see them like debating, and then you know people send me clips and stuff, and they'll say things that are outside the boundaries of Sharia to defend a point, and then you lost. Uh, we as Muslims can't lie in debates. We, we don't have this taqiyah and all this stuff. That's not an Islamic concept, right? You'll see uh, in our videos that we catch Christians lying, like straight lying, and then we'll tell them like, hey, you know it's a lie. And they'll still go with it, right? <laughs> to defend whatever corrupted aqidah they have, right? We as Muslims can't do that. Ends do not justify the means for us. What is uh, the usul in fiqh is that the maqasid are the hukam of the wasail. Like your, your goal has the ruling of the means you take to get to it, right? So if you lie and you get 30 shahadas, you didn't get any of that reward because you lied, right? So you got to speak the truth. You got to keep it within the halal, right? Some of the brothers out there doing da'wah, they indulge in things that are outside what the Islamic 
uh, aqidah allows, right? Meaning they make uh, tawilat of uh, sifat or ayat or things, which again is against the way of the salaf of this ummah uh, and and ilm al kalam and all the things that they indulge in. You know, we we don't. We are Quran was sunnah. We we stick to what Allah said and what the Prophet والسلام, said, and that's our aqidah and that's what we're sticking with. And whether somebody likes it, doesn't like it, doesn't matter to me. So, mashallah, mashallah. So. I feel like a lot of people are going to have the question of, you know, I don't know that much. I'm never going to know everything. At what point do I, you know, go out and give da'wah? Because the hadith, the beautiful hadith you mentioned from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, convey from me even if it's just one ayah. Um, what if all I know is one ayah? Should I go give da'wah? Or at what point should I, you know? So again, uh, there is not like, a, I can't say if you memorize these many hadith and these ayahs, then you should give da'wah because the Sharia didn't set those, right? And that's one of the beautiful things about the Sharia. It's applicable at all times and all places. So it takes urf and, and the, the, the situation, makan and zaban into consideration. Meaning, if you know enough about Tawheed, about, and again, remember, your da'wah is towards the oneness of Allah. Your da'wah is not an attack on Christianity. You don't need to know the Bible. That's, that's stuff that we use when people come with a preset mind to kind of open their mind. But in the end, even in the debate, if you look at the end of the debate, uh, I gave a summary about Tawheed and the Risal, and that was the point of our da'wah, right? So if you know enough about that, that you feel that you can go out there and handle the questions that usually you get, then Bismillah, go out there, right? But my suggestion is everybody should get a teacher. Like everybody should have a sheikh. Everybody should have a mentor. Everybody should have somebody that they can, they can reach out to. And I know that's very difficult nowadays because scholars are few. I mean, even around the world, let alone, I mean, in the West, I don't think we have anybody that can really reach the level of what we would consider to be the shiuch of the ummah, right? But even in other countries, the scholars have become fewer and fewer. But we need to have people we can say, hey, uh, yani, as a sheikh or a talab ilm who is senior, uh, what do you think is the best use of my abilities? And, you know, kind of work with somebody who can help you um, if you have that. If you don't have that, then you kind of have to engage your your own abilities and your situation. Like let's say you're in prison, um, you know, people know nothing, but it's a great opportunity. If you know a few ayat and you know the base of do your da'wah with it. But just keep in mind, if you don't know, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'll get back to you. You are not there to impress people. You are there to convey a message. If you convey it wrong or incorrectly, you will be held accountable in front of Allah. Nobody will know everything. Like if you think I'm gonna wait to become Ibn Taymiyyah, before I give da'wah, you will never be like Sheikh Osman Taqeedin Ibn Taymiyyah. So that's just not going to happen, right? So everybody kind of has to kind of evaluate their situation. And if they go out, for example, and they start doing some street da'wah and they realize they don't know, they need to have a resource of knowledge, like a person of knowledge they can go back to, a scholar. Uh, and if you don't have it, alhamdulillah, at least the YouTube videos will help you because when you watch the videos, you can, you can kind of learn. But there's not, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, like they say, right? Meaning a lot of the questions you're going to get in the street that we've already got, right? So you can see the answers, how they're answered, what are the verses, what are the ayat. So if you watch the videos enough, inshallah, you can get a good uh, base. Now, there is uh, something I'm trying to work on, but unfortunately, due to lack of time and uh, not being able to clone myself, I have not had time to work on. It says, I want to make a dawah field manual. I want to make a little book. And it's going to be free. Like, I don't try to make money off this. And it's going to have the basics of the Islamic aqidah, and uh, a, a, a 
chapter for how to give da'wah to Christians, how to give da'wah to Jews, how to give da'wah to Hindus, how to give da'wah to atheists, and then sections on like responses to common questions that people will give you, you know, kind of a little da'wah field manual, right? And then inshallah would be a good guide for everybody. Make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us barakah in our time so we can get the project out. And then we're going to post free PDF online. If we print them, we're going to give them out free. You know, it's not we're, not, we're not trying to make money off this. We're just trying to get that ajr for the akhirah. MashaAllah, Allahumma ameen. Honestly, I think that's an amazing idea because subhanAllah, you know, when you, when you have a person out giving da'wah and, you know, they come across somebody uh, the reason they end up lying is sometimes is because they, they don't want to say, I don't know, whether that's because of arrogance or they don't want to make the person feel like there might not be an answer. They they abstain from saying, oh, I just don't know. But if they were to have something like that, something they can refer to, subhanAllah, you know, may, may Allah allow it to happen. Allah I mean, I got a question. Hit me. So, my brother, there's a lot of people when they give dawah, they get really passionate. And we both know, or we all know, how untamed emotion is the enemy of performance. All right. So if, if these people are getting passionate, they might be getting angry or they might be getting excited about something like, how can these people just relax and calm down in these situations? That's a great question. And I, I get that question phrased a little bit differently from many different people. In the end, the answer is you have to look at the life of the Prophet Look, Rasulullah was hit with much harsher situations than us, and he kept his cool, right? Imagine Ta'if, imagine the Quraysh in Mecca, imagine and you're making salah and throwing and the intestines of a camel on your neck. You know, imagine your own uncles walking behind you and saying you're alive. So I always get inspiration from the life of the Prophet And that's why uh, I taught Sira before, but the earlier durus weren't recorded because at the time we didn't really record. And I'm doing it again. And I'm hoping people will watch it as a training manual. Like they're not going to, it's not going to be entertaining. Like I don't care about entertaining people, right? But it's, it's to show us how we should deal with those types of situations because the best example is the example of the Prophet Many times when I'm out there and people say stuff, uh, trust me, I, I, I mean... Personally, if you knew me before Islam, I had a bad temper to begin with. But alhamdulillah, I've been able to control and, 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 and keep my calm the best I can. Uh, because of that is that I think back at our beautiful example, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our qudwa, our role model, right? And think, okay, how would he deal with situations like this? And it allows me to control my personal emotions and be able to convey a message. And that's what every da'i has to do. Alhamdulillah. Man, I wanted to I wanted to quickly touch on a point that, you know, as Muslims, our akhlaq, our example is very important. And having good speech is highly underrated and underappreciated today. You see kids just cussing out, swearing out. So go into that, man. Tell us a little bit about why as Muslims we shouldn't swear. We should be very modest in our speech. And if, you know, we are at a point in our life where things just slip off quick on the tongue, how we can have that restraint? You know, again, for me, I always back to our, go to who's our role model, who's our example, right? And our role model, first and foremost, is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as we know from the ahadith, that Rasulullah was never vulgar in speech or in action. He never was fahsh. I mean, he, never, he never 
allowed that speech to be around him, right? Even when Aisha uh, Taradiyanha, if you know the hadith, where the Yahud, they tried to play with the words of Salam, right? They would say, Salam alaykum, yani they would try to change it up to poison and death be on you. And Aisha Taradiyanha, yani having that ghira that she had, that, that, that love for the Prophet Sallallahu and these people's bad actions, she replied them, not with any curse words, she didn't say anything uh, any like a profane word, but she said, yani, uh, yani may the, the ghadab and the punishment be upon you, O Ikhwan of Qirad, Qirda and uh, Khanazir and so on. She, like, she responded, you know, as a person should to somebody trying to do something like that. And the Prophet told her, yani, it's upon you not to use uh, this type of language, just just say wa or wa yani, just say upon you. So whatever they're saying, it goes back upon them. When Rasulullah was in Mecca, as a hadith, yani, when she, he was with Abu Bakr by the Kaaba, and the wife of uh, Abu Lahab, I believe, uh, yani, she came uh, using some uh, harsh words in poetry against the Prophet, calling yani, from Muhammad to Mudammab, yani, the one who's cursed instead of the one who's praised, right? So she, she was using very harsh and Allah made it that she could not see the Prophet even though he was sitting there. Like this is one of the miracles because Allah SWT protected the honor of Rasulullah So she's talking to Abu Bakr and she's cursing the Prophet changing his name, calling him and the lowest or the cursed, the cursed. And he's sitting there and she's saying, where is your sahib? And Abu Bakr is like looking like he's right there. But Rasulullah had made a dua, oh Allah, don't let her see me, right? Because he didn't he didn't engage in those kinds of lowly conversations. When it happened, Abu Bakr told her, Are you gonna told Rasulullah, are you gonna respond to her? Like, look at the beautiful response. Rasulullah said, Why should I respond to her? She's not speaking about me. I'm Muhammad. <laughs> Whoever she's talking about, it, that's not me. So why let them respond, right? And subhanAllah, I mean, like, look at how he dealt with that situation. We need to learn from that example, right? So if somebody gets uh, vulgar with us, we cannot get vulgar back with them. Sometimes you have to be firm, though. I mean, I'm not trying to say be soft. Like Rasulullah was not soft. If somebody was aggressive, he would he would put them in their place, and that's how we have to be too. We're not trying to turn the other cheek, and that's all. That's all hypocrisy anyway. We've challenged many Christian preachers uh, at the park. There's videos. We tell them, "Do you really believe that?" They said, "Yes." It's all right. Let me come and slap you, right here, right now. We'll put we'll put it to the test. Let me. You know, let me go do it. Let me see you turn the other cheek. And none of them will step up because it's hypocrisy. They say one thing and they do the other. Mm-hmm. In Islam, we don't believe in hypocrisy. We say what we do and we do what we say. Inshallah, right? So in Islam, I'm not going to let anybody manhandle me. I'm not, not going to let anybody punk me. I'm not going to let anybody try to, you know, I'm not going to be weak to it. But at the same time, I'm not going to lose my composure and my boundaries, right? Uh, so this is where we have to look at the actual example of our Prophet Sallallahu and bring it. Think about this. I mean, when we use uh, vulgar words and things like this, who are we disgracing? Ourselves. I mean, my father, again, may Allah uh, reward him. Uh, he used to give me some advice. He said, you know, uh, if, if you're walking and a dog's barking at you, right? Everybody's going to say, look at that, you know, foolish dog just barking, right? But if you start barking back at the dog, who's the idiot? You are. <laughs> Why are you barking at a dog, right? So if somebody gets vulgar, that's their problem. But if you get vulgar back, now it becomes your problem, right? Mm, mashallah. 
mashallah that's so true my uh my teacher when i had this this discussion with him he uh he would mention that listen what they do they're accountable for and they will be held accountable for by allah on the day of judgment but what you do despite what they do you will also be held accountable for subhanallah so honestly it couldn't be true so i guess essentially we have to defend our honor honorably and not disgrace uh-huh. ourselves by trying to defend it uh, disgracefully. So may Allah protect us from that, make us closer and more like the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All right. So here's another question: If someone's getting real heated and they're thinking to themselves, "Okay, what would the uh, Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam do?" and it's it's just not doing it for them, the 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 heat is just rising and rising. What do they do then? Do they just cut it off? No, no, no. Listen, if they're trying to give dawah like it, it, it shouldn't be ending up in a fist fight. It shouldn't. <laughs> hey, it shouldn't. I'm over here looking at Rami. He's over here. I'm, he's... I'm saying, look, you know, um, if if somebody, uh, you know, we're, we're out there, right? If somebody takes a swing at me, right? I'm going to punch him right back. You know why? Because I'm not a punch. And nobody's gonna come get over on me. I'm uh, I'm not anybody's you know rag doll, right? That's mm-hmm. that's just the way I roll, right? I don't want it to get to that, right? If it's getting heated, you know, you can walk away, you can just end it, you can do whatever. But at the same time, I mean, you know, look, as Muslims, we can't be we can't be taken as 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 punks either, you know, because mm-hmm. what happens is when you let somebody punk you once. They're gonna punk you twice and three times. That's why that turning the other cheek stuff doesn't work. You know, you turn the other cheek, and sooner or later you'll be turning some other cheek, and you don't want to go into all that, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> somebody got that, right? Um, so, so as a Muslim, if it gets to be where it's it's not productive as a conversation, end it. What I do, and I know a lot of people like in their comments, they're like, "Oh, you should just ignore those guys." Like they don't understand when you're out there doing that. Well, you can't really ignore somebody that's like trying to heckle you, right? You got to shut them up, right? But you got to shut them up academically, you know, intellectually, not physically, right? So you got you got to catch them on something and then just end them, right? Like like I don't know if you guys have seen that video. We had that uh, Chaldean Arab Christian dude that was like, you know, we were having a conversation with some Catholics and these guys came in and tried to like jump in and heckle and use all kinds of weird stuff and. You know, I just waited till we caught him on something. The guy was like, I've been to Pakistan. And I knew. Oh, man, bro. That guy was so annoying, bro. That one, right? Everybody in the comments is like, you should have just ignored him, right? And talked to that girl, which they don't watch the second video. There's another video where we have that we complete the conversation with that girl and her friend and all the Catholics as well. So it's not like we ignored her. But at that time, I couldn't ignore him because if I ignored him, he'd just keep interrupting me and I couldn't have a conversation. So we caught him. I caught him on that. You've been to Pakistan? Yeah. All right. Where have you been to Pakistan? I never said I've been to Pakistan. <laughs> yes, you did. Got on video, right? All right. So, so that's the thing. We have to shut him up. So that's, I mean, I didn't have to get physical with him, but mentally, intellectually, we just shut him up and then we keep moving with the productive da'wah, right? So that's the kind of thing you have to be able to do. And da'wah takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of hikmah. It takes a lot of wisdom. Uh, and a lot of that comes with experience. It comes with time. You know, we ask a lot to increase us in our, in our wisdom and patience and hilam with, you know, forbearance, as they say, and, and hikmah, you know, hilam is such a beautiful quality. You know what halim means? The one who is slow to anger. Allah subhanahu mm-hmm. al-halim, yeah, he's so patient. I mean, imagine how patient Allah is. With, think about this. Right? These people are out there saying all this kind of crazy stuff about Allah. Allah is their rub. Allah hears it. Allah sees it. But Allah is so patient with them. Right? He's giving them this opportunity. 
right? So we need to be halim. But at the same time, if something, you know, somebody starts to push your buttons, just be like, look, bro, let's just end this because this is not going to go anywhere well. You know, let's just walk away, you know, and, and let it go. And if it comes to it, defend yourself. I'm never yeah. gonna I'm never gonna be like get beat up, you know. Yeah, I say that, man, because like I have respect for you and I have respect for every other man out there doing that dawah like face to face, because getting in a confrontation where it, it has a very high potential to turn into a fight, that's easy. You know, that, that you just you stay quiet, control your anger, and then if it pops off, then you're ready for it. But like in a in a conversation where like you have to be remembering facts and like relaying that back out to them like that's difficult because then when you start getting angry well you can't remember anything now yeah that's true and that's why you say like you know not everybody should be at that table or at the thing you know some people they're they they're better supporting you know they're better doing other things because you know uh we, we've seen du'at and i'm not mentioning names and anything that sometimes lose it as far as using curse words and things because of the situation we saw i saw a clip from one he started barking at them you know because he just got frustrated and then if you're that guy then maybe that's not the job for you you know i mean not mm-hmm. like even the sahaba not every sahabi was good at everything right like some sahaba they were khalid ibn walid you know they were they were out there in forefronts right some of the sahaba they were they were the best at memorizing and they were the best at hadith and they were best some are better at quran some are better at other things, right? You need to know your skill set and yourself well enough to be able to then use that for the religion where you're needed, right? And that's one of the problems we see. Some people watch the video and they think, oh yeah, that's going to be me. And then they go out there and then they just end up shaming themselves in Islam. And it's like, you know, I mean, I hate to say it bluntly, but I'm just going to be blunt with you guys because, you know, we're, 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 we're open here, right? You know, know your place, right? Somebody, you know, you're really good at organizing things. Why don't you be in the background and organize it? You know, somebody's good at uh, being in the front and being able to handle those situations. Then you need to even even like I don't like it to be honest. You know, what I mean, it's not. People think like it's fun, but it's not. I mean, I don't get paid from it. I don't get any uh, financial benefit. The only thing I, I mean, that's going to happen to me is it, it can possibly, from a worldly perspective, harm me. Like you know, my bosses mm-hmm. and coworkers that see me out there, and I got neighbors that walk by and see me and stuff. Right? They see me destroying their belief set you know? <laughs> and and you know they watch these videos and stuff right so it could financially obviously hurt me but i don't care like you know for me i do it for allah allah will give me better risk right mm. it's stressful like like i'm not gonna say you go out there and you know I, I go out there and usually i'm there on sundays from two to five about right and sometimes like this last sunday as soon as i got there we were debating till 5 36 o'clock that i was out there we were debating different groups came and debate 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 you know, mentally you get, you get tired, right? You go home and you're like, oh man, you know, I got a headache and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. And then, you know, uh, it's difficult. I mean, on the family, may Allah reward my family, my wife, the kids and the support that they give me, my mom, may Allah reward her and may Allah reward your mom. I just wanted to give a shout out as well. So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, so you were talking about my mom, uh, uh, may Allah reward all your moms, man. <laughs> How about that, bro? Shout out to everyone's mom. Yeah, shout out to everyone's mom. Yeah, I mean, so, right, so, I mean, if your mom's raised you guys, if you guys are doing the good work you're doing, they did a good job, man, a lot of work. I mean, I mean, right? and, uh, and your dads as well. I mean, of course. I, I don't want to get any hate mail after this. Like, what about the dads? <laughs> <laughs> man, right? so I was, yeah, I was wondering that uh, when, when you're giving dawah or, you know, let's say 
money gets involved in it. I know you you said One Message Foundation, you guys do get, you know, donations and all that, but you try to separate yourself and you you try to renew your intentions. How do you create that divide between doing something for Sabilullah, but also, you know, staying true to yourself and being like, okay, I don't need the money. So, I mean, the first thing is in the right? Rasulullah told us every deed is based upon intention. This is the first hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Dabu Salaheen in the Arba'un that Imam al So why is that the first hadith? Because those Imam ulama understood the importance of checking your intention, right? So at, at OMF, uh, alhamdulillah, even though, I mean, we, we do have a, a PayPal, for example, for people to support for buying uh, materials and stuff. We never really fundraise, you know, not mm-hmm. much. I mean, sometimes at the masjid, we would, you know, ask the brothers to step up. And uh, when the videos got popular, we started getting like, alhamdulillah, a lot of your brothers, just sisters, just wanted to help. So we said, what should we do? We, obviously, we buy uh, equipment. We bought a new camera. We bought new mics. We bought... Uh, a new laptop and things to, to work on because those things were needed, alhamdulillah. Uh, we bought dawah materials. We bought a new cover for the, for the tent. We bought new stuff there. But we had a lot of money left. So we, alhamdulillah, uh, recently, uh, this is a kind of a surprise. Uh, the video is going to be coming out, I think, tomorrow, inshallah, as a thank you video for the 100,000 subscribers which are going to show. We got a billboard now, right? And it's... Uh, Inshallah, you'll see the billboard. Kind of I saw it, man. Jesus, Jesus, uh, yeah. was a Muslim. Yeah, well, it says Jesus is uh, Jesus is returning. Jesus was a Muslim. Are you right? And uh, you know, people are like, "Oh, it's too strong." Whatever, you know, it is what it is, man. It's the truth, right? Um, so we we took that money, and Alhamdulillah, we got a billboard. And now we're we're gonna we're gonna start uh, hiring people. We're gonna because you know we can't expect somebody to man a phone and do all of that. Uh, you know, without without some kind of way for them to pay their bills. So inshallah, I mean, we're going to get brothers uh, to be paid for making sure that the da'wah is done. And there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But in the end, it all goes to your intention. Like me personally, even if OMF starts to make millions, I'm not going to take a penny. Why? Because this is my personal prerogative. This is my personal decision that uh, even the masjid that I teach at, uh, I have just made a decision because I've seen too many people fall off from that slippery slope. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for da'wah. There's nothing wrong with getting paid for leading salah or teaching Quran or teaching hadith and things like that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But everybody has to check themselves. Like You have to check your intention. That's, that's the hard part, right? Um, we have du'as, I'm not mentioning names, that we try to invite and they would ask for like 10 grand for a weekend and two first class tickets and two suites and, uh, you know, and things like, uh, actually, I think it was more than two tickets. They wanted their secretary and their wife and their this and their that with all, you know, business class for them. And they're like, you know, I mean, I think we should treat our du'as and our ulema well, don't get me wrong. But if you start doing it where, I mean, we had somebody that we were discussing and they said, if you don't get this kind of money and this kind of turnout, then I'm not going to be there. And it's like, where's your intention then? I, like, like I get invited to a lot of podcasts and stuff, and I never check how many subscribers they have. I never check how, because if you have one subscriber or a million, to me, it's the same. Because I'm doing it for Allah. If so Allah hears me, right? So it doesn't really matter to me. When I teach, if I get one student or 100,000 students, to me, in the end, it's the same. You know, because for me, I'm doing it for Allah. 
as long as Allah accepts my intention, I'm successful, right? Anbiya will show up on the Day of Judgment with no followers. Does that mean they're failures? No, they're successful because they did their job, right? So that's the thing. I mean, obviously you need funds to spread da'wah, right? I mean, somebody's got to pay for those pamphlets. Somebody's got to pay for those books. Somebody's got to pay for that tent. Somebody's got to pay for those, you know, whatever equipment that you're using. And, and we really appreciate everybody that, mashallah, even though we didn't really ask that, really stepped up and requested and, 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 and donated, right? But at the same time, if they didn't, I'd still be doing Dao with whatever I can. You know, that's, that's it. And for those of you all watching, wondering, why is there a whiteboard behind Sheikh Uthman? It's because you're at work, right? It's about, what, 4.45 yeah, p.m. your time? I'm wearing my, you know, regular work clothes. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm at work. This is, those are my tasks that I have to get done and things. Mashallah, so, mad yeah. respect. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's uh, the Muslim, the Muslim Clark Kent. <laughs> I need to get some glasses. Wait, hold on. Where are my glasses? Yeah, yeah. Put, put yeah. them glasses on, brother. There you go, man. You don't Oof. recognize me anymore now. Yo, yo, I see. That's a thumbnail right there. That's the <laughs> Who, who's that guy? I don't know. It's not Osman. Uh, yo, I don't know him, bro. Where, where, where'd he go? Where'd she go? Um, yeah. yeah, so just wondering. So you have, I'm assuming you have a family. You're out here, you know, full-time job. I got, got four dawah. kids. Four kids, alhamdulillah. Um, um, you'll see some of them in the da'wah. One of the one of the video when I wasn't there, one of my sons, my eldest son, Yusuf, he's the one that answered a lot of the questions and debated with some. And he was- I like, think I've seen him, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's, I have a son named Yusuf. Uh, he just graduated, mashallah. Allah put barakah in his uh, studies and his time. And then I have a son named Musa, who's my second after that. Uh, he is 15. And he does a lot of the video editing, mashallah. And Allah reward him for it. And mm -hmm. then I have two younger daughters that are six and four. Uh, so I have four kids. Uh, alhamdulillah, married. Alhamdulillah. I have, uh, I mean, I'm a contractor right now, but I do have a full-time uh, work job, I guess you could say. I work in the medical device industry in regulatory and compliance. Um, I also teach, so I am teaching on Wednesdays. We have a fiqh dars from a book called Zadul Mustakniya in uh, fiqh with the proofs from the Quran, hadith and things. And then on Saturdays, we have the Sira Nabviya right now going on in Ahadith Sahiha. Uh, and all those are free. All our classes are free. All yeah. our programs are free. Um, they're, they're posted online. You can watch them free. You can, and, and I just want to say for our videos, if anybody wants to take them and make, because I don't have TikTok. Like I'm not a TikToker. I don't, I, don't, I don't have TikTok. We don't have a TikTok account. If people take them, make clips and put them on TikTok, then Allah bless them for it. We don't care. Like we don't copyright anything. We don't need you to, I'll even say this. If you want to take my video and, and take my face out and put your face in, go for it. <laughs> I don't really care. As long as the da'wah spreads, that's all we care about. Alhamdulillah. So that begs the question, how does someone like yourself manage your time? Not easily. <laughs> uh, you know, I just don't sleep a lot, to be honest with you. Um, so first thing is, again, I want to send a shout out to all the other brothers that are involved because a lot of the work gets done that you don't see the brothers. You know, they're in the background. They're organizing everything. Um, again, uh, Brother Mkarram, Brother uh, Abu Sufyan, and other brothers, may Allah reward them. But they do a lot of the work. So may Allah I mean, really bless them for it. Uh, I'm myself, alhamdulillah, I have a brother, Abu Yas. He does my scheduling for the sake of Allah. May Allah reward him. Uh, and you know, so there's a lot of other brothers that kind of help out. Um, I, you know, so my kids are all homeschooled. So, I mean, and it's not easy. Um, obviously, uh, I have my own personal reading and writing and things that I want to do from my own amal. 
that I cannot sacrifice. So every night I have my own reading time, even if it's at one or 2 a.m. Um, and then may Allah reward my family. You know, my, my, my family really supports uh, a lot of the things that, you know, regularly I would be doing on the house. I don't because I'm busy with stuff and they help out with that. And, uh, you know, and then you just kind of ask Allah for help. And, you know, I, last night I was up till whenever doing, you know, the Dawa stuff and my own reading and stuff like this. And then in the morning I had to get to work. I was tired, but that's the thing with life. I mean, this life is not for you to sleep out. You know, you got, you got, you got to work hard. I mean, the, if you strive hard and do what you have to do for the sake of Allah in this life, then that qabr, that grave will be a place of rest for you. Then you can catch up on your sleeping and resting and all that stuff. Uh, if not, then, I mean, imagine that punishment in the grave. Would you prefer that? I wouldn't. So I got I to gotta, I gotta push myself, you know. Allah, let me do it for a long period of time and, you know, and accept it from me. Allah, I mean, I mean, Anha Rami. Fill in, bro. We got a few minutes left. I don't want to take up all the time. Subhanallah. I was just going to ask, does it get easier over time? No. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't get easy. It gets harder, man. You got more kids. You got more kids. <laughs> right now, and again, I'm going to use this opportunity to apologize to everybody that's been messaging me that I haven't been getting back to, but I literally have, I'm going to give you the actual number so that I don't exaggerate. Um, I have 13,000 75 unread uh, messages, emails, 13,075. Uh, I, I can't even imagine how many else on Twitter. And, and, and I don't have a Facebook personally because I just don't have time for it. Uh, I don't have a Snapchat. I, I do have a Twitter, which I started just to kind of introduce people to different books and things. It's at Abu underscore Kutub. Uh, so that's, I use Twitter for uh, kind of introducing people to a lot of students of knowledge of different books and best prints and stuff. And WhatsApp, I mean, I get like crazy amounts of messages right now. So, uh, so it's difficult. It doesn't get easier. It gets harder, but you know, it's okay. Look, it, it's not a choice. We have to do this, right? If not, we shouldn't be in this country. You know, if we're not doing mm -hmm. dawah, why are we here, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the good people of this country that live around us, our neighbors, our coworkers, deserve to know about Islam. I mean, this is their haq on us. So, you know, we got to do what you got to do, bro. Inshallah. Very true. All right. All right. So um, forgive me if you said this at some point in the video, because I'm, I'm not 100% here. Uh, or if you've said this in a video on YouTube, mm -hmm. but what brought you to Islam? Ooh. Oh, man. How many minutes you got? We got eight minutes, bro. Do your <laughs> bro thing. We, can, we can extend that a little bit more, bro. Oh, yeah. We go. You do we your thing. You, you do your thing. Today. You better extend it a couple of hours if we're going to go there, but I'll, I'll give mm. you the uh, short version of it. So uh, I was, uh, I'm ethnically uh, Pashtun from Pakistan, uh, but I was never raised there. Like I came when I was a little kid, we moved to the UK. I lived there for a couple of years and I moved to the US when I was, you know, whatever, young. Um, so I, I was never raised around Muslims. I had no Muslim friends growing up. Um, I was raised in a very... My parents didn't really realize like what a good neighborhood and a bad neighborhood. They thought all of America was good. So we were in a bad neighborhood and I mean, grew up in a bad neighborhood, got involved with a lot of the wrong side of tracks kind of stuff. Um, but there were some things that kind of woke me up, right? How, that that um, one of them uh, I will mention. So I grew up with a guy, uh, Manuel Magania, and he was Mexican from the same gang as me, two years older than me. Uh, and there was a setup to uh, 
actually kill me. Um, but he went instead because I went somewhere else and uh, he got shot um, and he died and I was at his funeral and I saw him get buried. And this, this, I mean, I have quite a few people I grew up with that, that died, uh, at least 12 that were like from my close acquaintances, uh, which you would call friends at the time that are dead, some by, you know, playing Russian roulette while they're drunk, some by getting stabbed in the heart with a screwdriver and stuff. So I'd seen death. It's not that I hadn't. But this kind of really hit me because it was supposed to be me. And the way, you know, the, I mean, this is before cell phones. We had pagers at that time. Um, so we got paid by a girl and supposed to meet at a per particular payphone. You get there, it's a setup, it comes, it's blah, 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 blasted at you. And he got shot, you know, over, all over. And so I went to his uh, funeral, kind of woke me up. Like, you know, we, uh, we were looking at drugs and money and power and girls and things. And you realize like all of that does nothing for you. Um, in the end, he was going into a grave by himself. None of his girlfriends, the multiples that he had, none of his cars or clothes or money or drugs or influence went with him. None of his friends, none of his gang went with him. It was just him and kind of clicked in my head. And at that time, then I started to do like little soul searching studies. And then I met some brothers, mashallah, very good brothers and uh, Muslim brothers and uh, alhamdulillah, connected with them. And some of them I'm still connected with, alhamdulillah, very good friends, and uh, started to come towards the realization that Islam was the only truth. And once you realize that, then you think, you know, I mean, like, look, we, we got shot at and all that stuff for what? For gangs, for name, for a name of a street or a neighborhood that you didn't even own. Some people for a color, like, you know, like, really? You know, and then when you come to Islam and people are like, oh, don't say you're Muslim, be ashamed, like, how can I be ashamed, man? I'm Muslim. I'm proud of it. Mm -hmm. They shoot me for it. Alhamdulillah, I'll be shaheed, man. Like, so what? Uh, if we were going to get killed for stupidity, <laughs> you know, uh, Islam is something worth uh, giving your life for, you know? So, uh, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with the religion that uh, brings, a, you know, in society, a, a peaceful living between people and things. So we have this message we need to share. So, I mean, it's a very long story. I shortened it for you, but uh, that's how I came to it. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I'm still a beginner, you know, and um, I appreciate all those shiuch and uh, ulema that gave me their time for the sake of Allah to be able to study with them and benefit from them. I uh, hope that I continue that. So, MashaAllah. Do you have a, uh, a longer version on YouTube or somewhere uploaded? Uh, I think there is. A, so I think Sajid Lifam did an interview with me before. We kind of talked about my life and that. Um, I think there's a couple others that during podcasts and stuff we've gone over. If you guys want to do a longer version, we can uh, next time, man. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, number so. two. Number two. Oh, Definitely, yeah, guys. Number two, man, for sure. Brothers and sisters, if you made it this far, comment down below. Hashtag bring Sheikh Uthman back for part two, inshallah. It's like I got kidnapped or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro. Yeah. Uh, no, no, inshallah, I would love to come back on. I love you guys, man. I like the way you, I like your vibe. Keep it real, uh, keep it fresh. Uh, I see a lot of ikhlas in you guys. May Allah increase your uh, goodness and uh, may Allah bless your work. I mean, Allah bless come you. On, man, we can't end it. You gotta hit me with some hard questions. Come on, man. <laughs> Damn, All right, bro. Uh, what are your uh, thoughts on polygyny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Polygyny? That's a good one. Polygyny, yeah. That's oh, easy. Wow. Well, personal, the, personal. What can anybody have thoughts? If Allah made something halal, nobody has a choice in it. I think it's, uh, I mean, if you have the ability to 
handle it. And I don't just mean physically, I mean emotionally, I mean financially, um, then sure, go for it, you know. But uh, I think the problem with polygamy today is that most brothers that do engage in a polygamous marriage don't handle it in the way of the Sharia, right? Meaning they don't give time to their kids anymore. They don't uh, fulfill the hukuk of terbiya, of, of um, any the... As, so there's a physical aspect, obviously, but then there is also the spiritual aspect, right? Do you are you taking care of your wife's the wives' imans and your children's iman? And that's where we see a lot of shortcomings. You see some brothers that you know have three wives or whatever, and their kids are the worst in the neighborhood. It's you know running around, and that's a problem. Um, but you know anybody who's ashamed of polygamy because they think whatever they're idiots. I mean, you know, look, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. Who who created us? Allah. Who knows us best? Who knows Think of it this way, and I give this example in the Dawah videos all the time, right? Let's say, uh, I'll, I'll just pick on Rami, because, right? So uh, Rami, let's say um, you create a new um, device, like it's a new phone. It's not an Apple, it's not a Samsung, it's not, you know, some totally new technology that is really cool and really advanced. Like you open the phone, you can smell the person, which I don't know if you want to do that, but right? <laughs> you got holograms, you can see just really it's like a breakthrough technology right nobody's got it you invented mashallah you're so intelligent right and but it's obviously it's complicated right it's very so there's certain things you should do with it certain you shouldn't mm-hmm. would you just take it and give it to somebody and say go oh, here you go do whatever you want no you're gonna say you know what as editing company if you ever bought a cell phone it comes with the user manual mm-hmm. in, in the medical device industry we call it an ifu instructions for use right Mm-hmm. that comes with how to use it hey is it water you know one of the old apple phones if you if it got close to water they'd break you know um so they'd be like hey don't get it wet you know don't do this because it'll mess it up right you know don't don't put it in a microwave you know don't do this don't do that this is dangerous got a battery like the old samsung that were blowing up in your lap right i gotta be fair i gotta take shots both ways right so right so you know those kinds of things they tell you hey this is what it can do this is how you should use it this is how you should charge it this is how you should use it otherwise People won't know how to use it. They'll misuse it, right? Allah created us. Allah mm. made us. And Allah is more intelligent than us. Allah is wiser than us, obviously, right? Every, uh, every uh, even a Christian or a Jew or anybody would, would agree, right? So then Allah is not going to leave us without instructions of how to live. These divine texts, whether we take what was revealed to Musa, alayhi salam, or Dawud, alayhi salam, or Nabina Isa, or Nabina Muhammad, alayhi salam, may Allah have peace and blessing upon all of them. These were instructions on how to live, right? The only one that we have today, obviously, is the Quran. But if that allows something, if Allah makes something halal in the Quran, nobody has a right to question it. MashaAllah. I mean, MashaAllah. All right, man. everybody in the comments, write a hard question for the Sheikh, inshallah, for next time we have him on. If we're part two, yeah. yo, why don't, why don't you guys just comment down your questions? And when we do it, we could do like a mini Q&A. Mm. And we get a million questions sent to us that I don't get a chance to respond. So this is your chance. These guys have given you this opportunity. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. What a wonderful note to end it on, bro. If you guys have nothing else to say, I say we, we end it off. Yeah, yeah. If y'all made it this far, hashtag bring Sheikh Uthman Ibn Farouk back and hashtag Muslim Superman. <laughs> yes. Look forward to part two. That being said, اللهم آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار السلام عليكم ورحمة الله 
وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته All right Man, jazakallah khair Before we end it off I just wanted to get a quick thumbnail pick Because the frame okay. for the thing Bro, we already got cut it off. Nah, We already got it That's what I'm saying, bro His head is cut off oh, There you go so there You, you want to zoom out just a little bit more? Perfect All right oh, That's solid. it That's, the one. that's it That's it <laughs> There you go There you go Put the one in flexing Yo, act like you got a gun. Like you got an uh, AK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to go there, man. Uh, yeah, you got the AK just like this. You want me to get an AK and take a picture? <laughs> uh, there we go. There we go. No, 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 we can't do that. We can't do that.